We're here with Lisa Popovich, um, co-founder and chief uh, operating officer of Cartloop. Cartloop is a company focused on helping e-commerce stores bring the offline experience online through real-time conversations. Today, we're going to be talking about e-commerce broadly and more specifically, Lisa's observations on how to build a direct-to-consumer brand today in an era where perhaps it's never been easier to start, but it's also perhaps never been harder to actually grow sustainably, given how much competition there is from the likes of Amazon, as well as hundreds of thousands of other um, startup direct-to-consumer brands. Lisa, you've had um, a really, really interesting background, um, and you've had a front row seat to e-commerce as um, a brand builder, as a software builder. Um, can, you tell, can you tell us a little bit about your history and, and how you've ended up where you are today? Yeah, sure. So. Hello, everyone. Happy to be here. Um, so I'm basically uh, a med student a graduate turned to tech. This is what I use right now for my description. Uh, I, I started like with in the e-commerce industry almost six years ago. While I was studying med school, I just wanted to, to be able to earn some money on my own and was really like I was starting to be very to get very passionate about the e-commerce world and the online world, which was quite new here in Romania. So uh, I started like uh, helping my current co-founder with his uh, with his store because he he created his first store before me, and then I started building my own and sold my first store, and then moved on to building a couple more more brands, and then. I was able to exit those two in, in the past uh, couple of years. And yeah, just always want, know, knew that I wanted to do something bigger. That's why I moved uh, to software. And now I'm uh, currently growing uh, Carloop. And yeah, so just to, to explain to you how, how I got from this, how I made this transition from medicine to tech is because uh, I felt like something was missing from, from, uh, from uh, me from that drive that you need to be having while like, if you want to become a, 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 like a doctor. And I felt something was missing. And I always been the kind of person that would give like 100% in everything I, I do. Uh, and like working in e-commerce, like started to, I don't know, uh, pop up some light in my, in my brain. And and just um, made me realize that this is what I want to be doing. And uh, I just graduated, finished, and went all in with, with yeah, with software. That's really cool. It's a great story. And so can you, um, just so everybody has a bit more context, can you tell us a little bit about the brands that you started before you moved into software? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm very passionate about um, like healthy habits, healthy lifestyle, fitness, workouts. Uh, and I, the first one I started was an activewear, women's, women's brand. Uh, but then I, I, I noticed as I was a newbie in this e-commerce world, I, I noticed that I had a lot of competition and I had a really low budget. And then that's why, that, that, was, that was the reason why I sold it to, and then, um, I moved on to creating a wider, a wider uh, store that had a wider variety. So it was a women's apparel store. I, I was, I was like, um, uh, I, ha I had, I uh, had multiple products such just such as bags, shoes, sneakers, uh, tops, jeans, everything. 
like uh, it was it was uh, it, it, the competition would wasn't so high back then. Uh, yeah, so it was like yeah, a woman's a woman's apparel brand. Got it. Very cool. Well, that that idea of competition is something um, I hope we'll we'll cover a lot today, um, given how competitive the landscape has become. Can you can you tell us a little bit about Cartloop and and the technology that you all are building for merchants? Yeah, sure. So we we started Cartloop in uh, we started working at Cartloop in in February and we launched in March. And basically what we do, we enable merchants create better customer relationships through conversational text messaging. So we, we, we launched in March, uh, like two months ago, and with the goal of just cutting through the, through the marketing clutter and bringing the in-store shopping experience online. Because right now, as you said, the competition is so high, the channels are so many. But uh, if you want to differentiate yourself, you just got to like do something different and do it like much more personalized and really create that, that unique experience for your customers and make them feel valued. So this is what we do at Carlos. Got it. Very cool. And you, you launched earlier this year, 2020, March of 2020? Yeah. Um, quite the time to launch a, a company. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's been challenging, but... So far, we're, we're seeing uh, good progress. So yeah, it's worth it. Well, so let's, let's kind of move into some of your observations about the space. You've been both on the operating side and now on the vendor side building tools. Um, you know, when you look back over the last, let's say, five, six, seven years, what are kind of the trends that you've seen um, in direct-to-consumer e-commerce? Um, maybe what are the top two or three trends that, that you saw as an operator and that you've now seen as a vendor? Like the biggest trend right now of like, I think that has started like a couple of years back is SMS marketing, obviously. Uh, people are seeing uh, engage with their customer on a one-to-one -one basis. So this is huge and uh, the merchants and brands who have adopted it so far are, are, are seeing uh, incredible results. Um, also, other trends, I, I would say uh, influencer marketing and user-generated content is huge right now. Um, I see a lot, of, uh, a lot of brands that are new just, just focusing on building that community. Um, and they just focusing on really connecting with with the end customer and and really listening to them and what their needs are. So uh, I think this is a big trend on like social media channels like uh, Instagram, TikTok, which is like growing really fast right now. Um, yeah, and twenty twenty it keeps surprising us, and I see a lot of merchants uh, moving towards online and like really tr uh, starting to, to get more serious and paying more attention to how, how they do things and they are starting to invest in good software. Uh, yeah, I think these are the main trends that I've been seeing. That's, that's really interesting. Well, I wanna put a, um, a pin in that idea of investing in good software and come back to it. I had a conversation with someone yesterday who told me that your customer experience is a function of the technology you, you use. And I'd love to get your thoughts on that. But if we can go back to when you were running your brands, you mentioned all the competition that you felt. Can you talk about 
the competition that brands are facing today and maybe talk about it through the lens of what you felt and perceived when, when you were in the driver's seat. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as, as yeah, I was in the fashion industry and, uh, back then there was a lot of competition, but now it's like, it's doubled, I think, or tripled. Um, so you mean like, how did I, um, relate to that competition or what did I do differently or what exactly do you want me to? Yeah, how did you, was the competition mostly through, um, you know, essentially kind of like a, the commoditization of a fashion product and the simplicity of purchasing from something like Amazon or was the competition from big incumbents that were still, you know, largely big brands at wholesale or was the competition mostly driven by lots of similar direct-to-consumer startups competing for attention and mind share and on the same platforms, Instagram and Facebook, were, does that encompass the competition you experienced? And if so, which was the most, um, which was the most important for you to think about? Yeah. So uh, I always wanted to, to create like a um, really unique experience for, for my customers. And uh, I like, I, I remember I started like branding everything on my own. I, I did the custom labeling, custom packaging, everything I did on my own, even the designs because the budget was low back then. Um, this is what I, my main focus was and also providing uh, like unbeatable customer support because if, if you, you, you uh, enable your customers to, to uh, reach out to you whenever like 24 seven, that will that will make them gain more trust and um, their like lifetime value would increase and also you you get like uh, you you can retain them better for a longer period instead of just just focusing on one-time customers so I would say yeah customer support uh, like branding everything making sure like the customers get like a unique shopping experience even if they purchase just once and uh, I didn't really think about Amazon as my main competition back then, but I, I, I saw a lot of uh, women's stores popping up uh, everywhere. And I, I think that was like the biggest competition that I had. But um, I, I was just trying to provide quality and good service. This was my main focus. Makes a lot of sense. One of the things I hear merchants talk about and I hear other technology developers talk about is this idea that the dream of direct consumer had been direct to consumer where the merchant owns the relationship with the customer. Um, but part of what has facilitated so much growth in direct to consumer e-commerce has been these, these aggregating platforms, Facebook and Instagram that have made it really easy for brands to reach niche audiences and get off the ground, but have in some ways controlled the actual end relationship with the customer and made it harder for brands that rely purely on those platforms for customer acquisition to invest effectively in customer retention. And so we've seen, I think, a lot of direct-to-consumer brands who might get off the ground really quickly, spend a lot on customer acquisition, but ultimately not do enough to create a relationship with that customer so that there's good enough, good enough lifetime value for a sustainable business. 
Um, can you can you reflect on that? Is that is that true with your experience, and and is that still the case, or are merchants starting to see new paths to creating lifetime value more effectively? Yeah, totally. Um, I see a lot of people like focusing. Uh, they're not actually they're not user generate user generated focused enough user content generated focus enough because uh, they, they are focused on creating high quality model photo shootings or uh, like these professional professional uh, like uh, content. But what actually works best is the user generated content, which drives the best conversion rates, what I've seen so far. And this is because people relate better to real life examples. So for example, if you have like an active wear woman's brand and your and your uh, pro ideal customer is like the millennial woman, I think that people would relate better to to seeing like on an actual woman that is not like perfect like a model, seeing like a pair of leggings on on an actual person, you know. And, and I think that's why uh, user generated content like is is the way to go right now. Uh, I see, and also, yeah, building a community and building relationships prior to pushing that sale. Because I, it, it, there's, there's like a, a phrase that, that stuck with me from one of our partners. He said like, e-commerce is just a face-to-face -face selling. You have to build, build a trust and relationship first. I love that point. So one of the things that I always kind of think about and wonder about is if I were building a direct consumer brand today, would I be optimizing for um, growth and profit or would I be optimizing against some other KPI potentially, um, you know, the number of times people are sharing my content or some other measure of engagement that is a leading indicator, if you will, of lifetime value. Um, how, how do you think companies should be thinking about their KPIs um, in this environment? Should they be focused purely on profit or are there other metrics that matter um, more or potentially equally in the context of building a really sustainable company? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Um, I think gaining market share is the best thing a brand can do for its loyalty metrics uh, because word of mouth uh, is the biggest driver of business in my opinion. And the more people know you exist, the more people like you. And the more popular you are, the more popular you get. So um, I, think, I think they should be focused on, on building like, uh, um, like loyalty and trust first with their customers. So it's much more sustainable and it's for long-term. It's a benefit for the brand in the long-term. What are, um, what are things that brands, the best brands that you've seen doing tactically to create that type of trust and to position themselves for good word of mouth? I mean, that's the holy grail, but how, how are people actually doing it? Yeah, I actually have a, a great example. Uh, I just purchased uh, for the first time. I don't know if you are familiar, but there are some, th those coconut bowls made from real coconut. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, there's this brand named Coconut Bowl, and um, I just purchased from them, and I, I just love the shopping experience because I got, uh, I, I usually, like, all the emails that I get from, from brands, like, they go to, or either delete or spam, or I 
they go unnoticed, but I have a couple of brands that I really like uh, how they engage with, uh, with us. And uh, they sent me like, until I received my, uh, my order, they sent me like a series of nurturing emails. Uh, like, uh, this is what recipes you can create uh, and like, for for using this 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 product or this is how you clean your clean your uh your bowls and stuff like that and it it was I I really loved it I enjoyed it and I even like read the entire uh, each and every single email from them so this is a great example and I see them being very very engaged on Instagram and sharing like every single day like user generated content and uh in- encouraging their customers to to tag them to post on their behalf and also posting like um their customers content on their page and i think this is this is super a super healthy l- relationship to have with your with your consumers yeah yeah i love that example you spent some yeah. time after your your um after you exited your last two brands you spent some time building email marketing software um Email marketing is, you know, I think most people consider it to be the most profitable channel, but um, I think a lot of people also view it as um, probably the, you know, the most important communication channel for loyalty building and retention. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the software that you were building and the challenges that you saw with email marketing, given you had become quite the email marketer yourself? Yeah, yeah. Um... (laughs) Big, big space to talk about. Yeah, so relevant is, yeah, we actually, what we wanted to do, what actually the reason behind relevant, the email marketing platform was uh, our frustration while having our own uh, brand of not having a huge team for like specific for email marketing or just marketing and not being able to hire a digital marketing agency. And we wanted something like super simple, um, easy to easy to be managed and that wouldn't require us a lot of time because content uh scheduling uh like choosing the right products everything has to be done manually and it's such a struggle for for a small team and we wanted something like dynamic automated and this is what we created at relevant we created like a smart newsletter app that would send like uh specific specific products to uh, each single customer based on based on their uh, previous behavior, based on their shopping behavior. So everything would be personalized and targeting targeted to each customer. This is what we we've done. But um, yeah, the reason why we actually we started focusing on SMS is because like email email has I, I couldn't say the the metrics have dropped, but it's steady and I don't see it like. Um, like growing anytime soon because it's becoming a lot uh, quite annoying because uh, most of it is automated and people it's it's a one way conversa- one way conversation channel and uh, people cannot reply back there's no engagement and it's it's pretty un- uh, impersonal so that's why i'm seeing a lot of uh, like metrics drop and if you if you think, if you think about it, SMS has 98% open rate, 45% uh, reply rate, and around six to eight more times uh, the engagement rate than, than email. So um, I think I think for for brands, it's really important to see these these patterns and just 
adapt quickly and like don't just focus on on uh, on a singular channel or on on external marketing channels such as uh, Facebook ads Facebook ads because a lot of a lot of merchants are uh, only focused on Facebook ads and they believe that if they like run some ads they will like grow and be profitable but that's not the case because those marketing channels are really unreliable so, like one day it could work like amazing and someday it could like everything could drop and that's why i i i think um brands should should view um should view marketing uh more holistically and adopt an omni-channel strategy that's interesting um Tell me if you think this is a fair synthesis of some of the things that you said. I think you've you've said, you know, what I see from some of the best companies is one, they they invest heavily in the customer experience and differentiating the shopping experience. And some of the ways that they do that are through useful content that they might create. Maybe it's useful, maybe it's inspiring, maybe it's entertaining. And it takes many different forms. It it could be video, it could be user-generated content. It, it also is distributed across a number of, of platforms and channels. Um, I think that you've also said companies are, are very, like increasingly they're investing in not just, um, um, how did you describe email? It's, it's, it's just a one-way conversation. They're now investing in two-way conversations and um, text messages is one of the early applications for creating a two-way conversation, a much more humanistic conversation like we've seen in retail in the past. Are there, are there any other things that you're seeing from brands in a very kind of tactical sense that they're doing after they've established a legitimate business to create um, that loyalty factor in a way that is in some ways automated? Or does the effort to create loyalty always hinge around the next campaign? Um. So are you referring like um, like the mistakes they're making or what they are doing so they create that uh, that loyalty and uh, yeah relationship. So yeah. are you referring to mistakes or uh, no, the latter? <laughs> what, strategies? what are they doing well once they've gotten oh. to the ground to retain their customers and create loyalty? Okay, so. Um, I think I think um, brands are starting to see the importance of uh, of the omni-channel strategy. So every single channel has to speak to one another, um, and um, can we can we dig in there for a second? How what are people doing to actually facilitate omni-channel where the data is flowing across the channels effectively? Are they are they becoming really sophisticated and using tools like mode and segment to um, connect different silos or are they using all-in-one solutions that are organizing the data in a, in a, in a single tool? That's, that's one thing that we often get questions from merchants around is there's so many tools, meaning there are so many data silos. How do I really create this, this context sharing across all of the different softwares that I use? Yeah, that's a good question. I've seen I've seen uh, a lot of 
like multiple uh, multiple strategies. So some of them are are working with digital marketing agencies who take care of everything for them. Uh, and those agency on their end, maybe they're working with uh, multiple solutions. So, so also a solution for SMS, a solution for email marketing, a solution for I don't know Google Ads. Um, and they just uh, take care of everything. But I also seen merchants who adopt like um, platforms who, who have all those services in one place and they are able to schedule everything like uh, accordingly. So if, if you, for example, if you get a purchase, then um, they send you uh, like a thank you text or a thank you email. And then maybe you get targeted with some upselling or cross-selling on Facebook maybe uh, the next week you see something on that's like, relatable on TikTok and everything that just speaks to one another and does not like, um, how can I say, um, interfere with one another. This is very important for those mistakes not to be, to be made. Um, so there, there are, yeah, there are various uh, strategies that, that brands adopt. It depends really on the resources and biases of the company. Yeah, and budget. Yeah, of course. But one, um, one other question on okay. on kind of how you're thinking about text. You know, I think we've probably come from an era where companies like Intercom produced chat tools that facilitated these two-way conversations. We're moving into an era of of text in the e-commerce space. Do you all? see the best practice being text used to respond to customer questions or is it also best practice to actually engage customers without them engaging first with text yeah so um what i've seen so far from my experience at car loop uh, is that there's a very big difference between automated and conversational uh, text messaging uh, because uh, automated is just, again, it, it, it's just one-way conversation. Of course, some platforms, they allow uh, customers to reply back to the automated message, but they then get redirected to the, the customer support team and they have to wait for an answer uh, via email. Um, so that's why I, I believe that conversational and also human-powered SMS is is way more powerful because you can establish like from the very beginning that that connection with your customer and um, you can it, it's not it's not a pushy or, or salesy salesy approach. For example, we want to like recover a cart. For, for our for one of our brands, we say something like that. Hey, I noticed you were checking out that product. Do you want me to see if, if I if if I can be uh, useful to you? Do, would you need any help? How can I help you complete your order? Or just being super friendly. Is, we're just trying to be like um, like that customer would would be talking to his friend via text and not with a salesperson. Just trying to make those. Uh, just trying to convert him and uh, we usually like the reply rate is amazing and we didn't expect people to be so open to text messaging and they really like appreciate and they appreciate the value uh, they, they get and the attention and what's really cool is that they can come back to that particular uh, message and conversation and just 
ask about shipping, ask about post-purchase uh, information that would, would really like uh, get, that, get them that extra safety and confidence about their order, especially, for example, if you, if you are a, a new brand and you don't have that trust yet. Uh, we've, we've, we, actually, what we do is we are gathering all these insights and feedback from customers from each single conversation, and we are able to share it with the merchant in, in order for him to, to improve his business. So what we've seen so far uh, was that the main reasons people are abandoning their cards is like payment, payment, uh, payment issues or the delivery time being too, too, uh, too long or they don't trust the, the store yet. So we are able to, to reply back to them and just get them that assurance that everything is going to be okay, their order is on the way, we, we can like give them instant instant uh, uh, answers to their op any like almost any question they might have so I think this this really makes a difference uh, in like how how you talk to the customer and why this is why two-way communication is much is way powerful much more powerful than one way it's super interesting I was going to ask you does does cart loop enable the collection of first-party data and it sounds like it does and that that seems like a really powerful application of the product. Um, you can actually learn about the customer in ways that uh, are otherwise very difficult to learn and then apply them um, through automation. Um, this has been really interesting and, and we really appreciate the time. I think, um, is there anything else that you'd want listeners to, to know about best practice or about Cartloop or about what, what you saw when you were operating the, the several brands that you operated? Um, I think that even if you are a new brand and just starting out, you shouldn't be afraid to explore channels. Uh, and also with SMS, the earlier you start, the better, because you can just create that, you can build that uh, customer relationship from the very scratch. Uh, so I, I would encourage uh, everyone just to try it out and, and like see how it works and yeah. Just don't be afraid to explore channels and go beyond just Facebook ads or, or email marketing. Cool. And one, one question I always like to, to close with is, are there any um, books, blogs, podcasts, or brands um, that come to mind that you would absolutely recommend to a direct consumer merchant that is in year one, two, or three of business? Yeah. So I would, my favorite podcast right now is How I Build This is with Guy Raz. I think maybe you are familiar with it. Uh, he has some amazing guests from that are DTC founders or like retail founders from big brands. And uh, yeah, you get to learn their story and how, how they started because some of, some of them have really interesting stories and they they are weren't all, always so successful as you see them now and i i think that's what i would recommend and also uh carloop is starting a podcast very soon yeah. Uh, so yeah we will be focusing on this on golden nuggets from from uh high growth ctc brand very cool so keep an eye on that <laughs> we'll we'll definitely be sure to share it um well lisa thank you so much this has been awesome 
thank you for having me and yeah, I hope uh, eager to see the, the virtual summit.